everybody. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Pastor JB and Pastor Charlene. Pastor JB was was telling me in the in the back room that that the little one is almost ready to come. Yeah, and I uh, I don't know if you remember, but last time I talked a little bit while well, I was telling Pastor JB uh, with my second little one, my little guy Tristan. He was here on the front row, and and I brought my beautiful wife Nicole and our two kids Tay and Tristan and. But I actually, when Tristan came, we actually, I ended up delivering him by accident on our bathroom floor. My wife went into labor and it kind of uh, stayed for a while. And, and we thought, uh, the first time when we had Taya, we went to the hospital and they sent us back. They're like, no, you're not that far along. And so we're like, we don't want to make that mistake again. And so we stayed and, and it kind of got into the early hours of the morning and, and my wife woke up, she was a, kind of fell asleep and said, you know, I think we should go to the hospital now. And she's like, okay, I'm just going to go to the washroom and we'll go. And so she went and right away went into labor and Tristan crowned and I ended up having to deliver him right on the bathroom floor with 911 to my ear. And the beautiful thing was, is that the peace of God, it took about eight minutes. It, it felt like two hours. But it took about eight minutes, and how we know that is I actually got the 911 audio recording of my conversation with the guy afterward. And so I was saying to JB, maybe, maybe your baby will come here at a time where he gets to have that experience. What do you guys say, hey? Can we, can we pray for Pastor JB and Pastor Sean and the baby? Can we all stretch our hands? Can we, can we do that? Everybody stretch your hands, and can we just pray for a peaceful labor? a peaceful birth. God, we just thank you for this precious little one. And God, we thank you that your hand and your presence is on this family. And God, we just pray your peace, your peace that passes beyond all understanding that it would be in that room as this baby comes, that this baby would come in your perfect timing and that your peace would be over this birth and over this process and this journey of welcoming this little one into this family. God, I pray that that process of welcoming this little one into this family is marked with joy. Joy, 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 unspeakable joy over JB and Charlene and their family. God, I just see joy over this little one. I just see them running and playing. Just unspeakable joy. God, we just thank you for that. Amen. 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 You know, I love what I love what Pastor JB said. You know, I was feeling how many were feeling the presence of God. And I I love what Pastor JB said. That God does not turn off his love. God, when we make mistakes, when we shortfall, God does not turn off his love. And I, what came to me is I was thinking, yeah, when my kids make mistakes, I don't turn off my love. I don't turn off meeting their needs. I let them experience me fully. And that's how God longs to reveal himself. He longs to reveal himself as a father who fully embraces you. 
no matter if we make mistakes, no matter our shortcomings, he doesn't leave. He's standing right there. And when my kids make mistakes as a dad, I say, I'm right here, even if you made a mistake, even if I don't turn off my love, I don't turn off fully what I provide and who I am. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is that God is a God. It's in his nature and character. Our yes to him is an invitation to know him more, to get to know his character and his nature. And I want to know how he sees things. I want to know how he operates because I want to understand how he thinks because I want his thoughts to be my thoughts. I want to understand how he is and how he operates. And that's, we're going to talk about one aspect of that this morning, that God in his nature and how he is, is God is a God of health. God is a God who heals. Amen. And it is extremely liberating and empowering when we set our heart on what his heart is on. And so we're going to get into the word of God this morning and see that God's heart is actually on being a God who heals, being a God who restores, being a God who sets free for us and to us. And when we embrace, when we say yes to him in that way, it's an invitation to know him in that sense. And that's my story. I love this topic. I love the theme of who's your daddy and this topic of healing because number one, it's a contentious issue in the body of church. There's been lots of different ideas and thoughts throughout the history of church of does God heal? Is healing for today? Who is God when it comes to healing? But also I went through a season of life My relationship with God started with healing, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about that. But I went through a season of life where I got to travel around the world with an evangelistic ministry and minister and see thousands of people touched by God. But I got to see hundreds and thousands healed by the miracle working of God. Sickness, flu, tumors, cancer, broken bones, eyes, ears, blindness. And so I want to thank you so much. Good. How many how many of their Bibles with you? Let's let's step into this a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the character and the ministry, the character of God as it relates to his desire to see us walk in healing, to experience healing. And then we're going to talk about the ministry of Jesus and how that is evident. And then we're going to talk about why is this so important to our lives. Okay? So I want to proclaim to you this morning that from the Old Testament right through to the New Testament, we see God declaring his desire and his nature to be our healer. God revealed, even in the Old Testament, God revealed his heart for complete wholeness for the entire person, spirit, soul, and body. So in Psalm, uh, Psalm 105, 37, you don't got to turn, turn there, but in Psalm 105, 37, it talks about during the Exodus. So God is bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. It says that he also brought them out with silver and gold 
and there was none feeble among his tribes. So right in the beginning, as God is bringing his people, Israel, out of Egypt, it says there was none feeble. There was not one who was weak. Think about that for one minute. God's revealing a significant aspect of himself. There's about three million or more people, and not one one amongst them was sick or weak. Here's a people coming out of slavery, and they're coming out of oppression. They're coming out of all kinds of sickness that go with slavery and oppression. And the Word of God says not one was feeble, not one was sick. That's, that's the God that I know. That's the God whose presence you feel right now is that He sees each and every one of us. He sees each and every one of our situations. And His desire is for complete wholeness. He doesn't walk past or go past our situation. See, as a father, I'm constantly watching my daughter and my son. They don't get very far from me, even if they're physically far from me. And I'm constantly seeing where you're at and where do you need me. This verse actually mirrors a verse in 3 John. How many know 3 John 2, right? Where John says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And so we even see this being mirrored in the New Testament where John captures the heart that God's desire is for each and every one of his people, his community of believers to walk in health. Amen? And this speaks to actually one of the names that God calls himself. God calls himself. God wants us to know him as Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you, right? We hear that in Exodus. If you're, if you're taking notes, quickly jot it down. I'm not going to go into it, but Exodus 15, 26, where God declares to the Israelites, just, they just come out of Egypt, and he says, I am the Lord who heals you. See, that's how God actually wants us to know him. I am the Lord who heals you. He wants us to identify him as our healer. Just like when, you know, when we're hanging out with friends and we go, hey, I'm hanging out with Pastor JB. He's a, and, and we start to declare, we start to talk about how we know them, right? He's a lawyer. He's a pastor. He's a father. He's a husband. He loves playing soccer. I don't know if he likes playing soccer. I'm just saying that. <laughs> the World Cup's going on, so I figure we'd go there. <laughs> but we start... That's how, that's how we relate, right? That's how God designed us to relate, is we, we start to go, this is so-and-so. Like when I relate to my wife, when I talk about what, my wife with others, I talk about her character and the nature and how she does things. She's an amazing cook. She takes care of me. I don't know how she does it, but she does. <laughs> and, I start, and I start to talk about all the characteristics and, and write in Exodus, right as in the beginning of the, God's journey with his people, you hear him say to them, I am the Lord who heals you. I want you to know me. This is who I am to you. This is who I want to be to you. And, and none I desire that none among us are sick or feeble or weak or oppressed. 
We see this in Isaiah 53. We actually see this. He goes, it goes on. Isaiah declares this prophetic picture of Jesus even coming before Jesus came. Let's quickly go there. Isaiah 53, 5 in the New King James says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. See, we need to see the realities of the suffering of the cross, the price that Jesus paid. It wasn't just for eternal life, but he paid that price so that we could walk in health He paid that price to carry away our sickness and disease. It's eternal life and wholeness. And Jesus shed his blood on the cross so that we can experience the reality of the kingdom of God now. He wants us to enjoy today all that he paid on Calvary. So Isaiah 53 says, we are healed but then when you look at 1 Peter 2.24, guys, you're not going to have this slide, but I'm going to quickly say it. 1 Peter 2.24 actually uses, it says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live righteously by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. See, Peter used the past tense. As if in God's eyes, see, Peter had this revelation, in God's eyes, after Jesus came, after Calvary, after he paid the price and shed his blood on the cross, Peter had this idea that it was already done. Healing is done. It's already a done deal. Yeah. How did he get there? Let's explore a little bit. How did Peter... From Isaiah in the Old Testament to Peter in the New Testament, how did he get this understanding that it was a done deal? Let's take a look. Turn with me. Well, I'm going to have the guys pull up James chapter 5, verse 15. But I want to talk about actually where Peter gets this idea. See, Peter had an understanding that actually healing is a part of God's plan of salvation and having relationship with him. Healing and knowing God as a healer actually begins when we say yes to him, when we say yes to knowing him, when we enter in to that relationship and say yes to believing in Jesus. Let me, sh- let me show you this. So Romans 10 verse 9, Scripture tells us that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? Everybody knows that verse. When you confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. But what does the word saved really mean? See, here's the key. The Greek word for that word saved is actually sozo. That word sozo actually means to be saved not only from spiritual death through forgiveness to sin, but to be saved from physical death by healing. It means heal. The word also means to preserve, make whole, keep safe and sound, rescue from danger or destruction. The word sozo that Paul used to describe our salvation experience, described coming into relationship with our Father, actually covers everything. It covers everything that hinders you from receiving the manifestation 
of everything that is good and heavenly and holy. That word sozo covers salvation and healing and deliverance. Listen, it's, what that means, what's the point? The point is, is it's not all, there's a promise in that. There's not only a promise in that, but Paul is declaring, Peter is declaring that healing is actually a birthright for believers. As a son and a daughter, it's actually your birthright. God used that word sozo to characterize how he relates to us, that it is a birthright for us to walk in healing, for us to walk in wholeness. And that was, that was my experience at 18 years old. I didn't grow up in church. I wasn't really taken to church. I didn't know God growing up. And I think I, I told you guys last time when I was here in March that I, I grew up in a family with struggles. Alcoholism was one of the struggles. My, my parents struggled with mental health issues. And there was a long family history, though, of coping with that, with alcoholism. My grandparents had struggled. My father had struggled. And, and I, at 14 years old, started drinking. And that addiction got passed on to me. And at 18 years old, I had this experience around, actually, I kind of had this experience with God around my eyes being open. God just sovereignly opened my eyes to the reality of where my life was and where my relationships were. And God spoke to me how my relationships were all broken. And, And in that moment, all I could think about actually was going to this little white church, this little white united church in the Fraser Valley. And I'd never, I don't ever remember anything being spoken there, but I remember my grandma taking us there as little kids, like four or five years old, once or twice. We didn't consistently go, but we had just been in the building and all I could think about. And so I went. And shortly after that, God got me into a church. And when I gave my life to Christ, instantly, I entered into that birthright where God delivered me a lot of uh, instantly of a lot of my emotional struggles, delivered me from feeling angry and upset with my life and my family. That was instant. It was actually the way I got people saved in the beginning. I didn't have any theology. I didn't know the five steps to like getting people saved or telling them about the gospel. I I didn't have any of that. I didn't even know what the word theology meant. But I had friends who, di- who didn't know God, and, and they would come around me, and I'd spend time with them afterwards because I still have my same friends group. I still, you know, did life kind of the same right after I got saved. And, and they would say, there's something different about you. You're not angry anymore. You seem a lot more joyful. Like they actually experienced the presence and the character of God in me, and they went, whoa, there's something different about you. And I, and I would go, yeah, I actually went to church, and I gave my life to God. And I, I would just tell them about what happened, and they, would, and, they, and they would come with me to church. Yeah, you can clap for that. <laughs> come on. And it, and it wasn't very long after that. A couple months after that, I was in a service at our church, and it was a young adult youth service. And um, we were singing the song, Freedom Reigns. How many have ever sung that song? Freedom reigns in this place. 
And I remember at that point, I was reading my Bible vigorously. I was reading the Word of God. I was just, I was doing what we said, just saying yes to God, like we did this morning, just lifting up my hands and saying, God, I'm saying yes to you in every way I can. I don't know what that means, but just come, and however you come, I'll accept it. And I was reading the Bible, not actually understanding fully what I was reading, but just taking it in. And I remember being in this service, and I had read about healing in the Bible. And so I just, I just accepted everything I read at face value. I didn't understand theological debates. I just accepted it. And I remember God coming, and we were singing the song Freedom Reigns, and I had my hand raised, and I felt this tingling go through my body from the tip of my toes to the bottom of my feet and back up, and the alcohol addiction was gone. No cravings, no desires. I tried everything before that to try and quit. Nothing worked, and that's how God is as a father. He saw in that moment that that was the one thing. I, I was. That's what God does. He meets us at our points of weakness. He meets us at the place where we can't help ourselves, and that's what that word sozo means is when we come into relationship, when we encounter the God, the Father in that way, his presence brings wholeness and healing and deliverance. And he cares about each and every one of our situations. And I, I couldn't get past that issue in and of myself. And God stepped in and said, no, 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 I see you. I see where you are. I see the generational thing going on there. And he just removed it in one moment. And God desires to do that for each and every one of us. Amen? How much time we got? Good. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the, the ministry of Jesus. Because you see God's heart. Jesus kind of reflects that, right? Let's turn with me real quick to Matthew chapter 4. So Jesus comes and we see Jesus' ministry throughout the New Testament. And and we see that actually a predominant aspect of Jesus' ministry is healing. Everywhere Jesus goes, right? Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 25 says, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel amongst of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease amongst the people. Then his fame went throughout all Samaria, and they brought to him all sick people and who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. A major aspect of Jesus' ministry. And you remember, we have to preface this by saying, Jesus declared several times to his believers, to the people in Galilee and all around Syria where, where he was ministering, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's... We have, to, we have to lay the foundation that Jesus actually said, listen, my ministry is actually the ministry of the Father. I'm just representing this aspect of the character of God. He said, I only do the things I see the Father doing. So the nature and heart of God for healing is clearly seen in the personhood and ministry of Jesus Christ. Let's keep going with this. Turn over Matthew 9, verse 35. We should have the verse. Again, we see that God desires every disease and every sickness to be healed. 
for everyone who came to him, right? Matthew 9, 35 through 36. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel and the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease amongst the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. He went about teaching and healing all sicknesses. All sicknesses. Every sickness, any health issues, any struggle with health that you're struggling for, God sees it and he desires to invade that situation. Fibromyalgia, glaucoma, cataracts, broken bones, arthritis, heart problems. Jesus healed every sickness. There was not one that could stand in front of the name of Jesus because he was about his father's business. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. John chapter 8 talks about how Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. So we need to clarify right here, right now, we need to decide as a body, we need to decide as a church family that sickness and disease is not from God. Sickness and disease is from the enemy. It's from Satan. And God, John 10.10 said, Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. It was the enemy who came to steal, kill, and destroy. And so God desires that we would not suffer with that. See, when I was struggling in that addiction, God met me in that place where I couldn't help myself. No program, no five-step program could help. No negative reinforcement of me could help. I was lost and struggling in that addiction. And God showed up as the father and said, no, you're my son. And in that moment, touch me. And sometimes miracles happen in the moment. And sometimes healing takes a process. It can be as we go. We pray and then the healing works out. Like I was a believer for several months before I had that experience. And I, and it was interesting. It was like when I said yes to him, it came. I remember um, being in these being in these meetings where that verse actually got manifested. Um, Matthew uh, Matthew nine. We were in a city in California, and we were in this auditorium about three thousand people. And I remember the presence of God just coming, and we had this sense, actually, kind of like I felt a little bit this morning when the presence of God came. This sense that God wanted to come and express himself as healer in the meeting. There was, it was a conference of about 3,000 people, and I'm there, and I'm, I'm there with uh, the other minister who I'm working for, and, and the presence of God came, and we had these encounters, and, and I remember it was so notable that um, I remember seeing people with visible tumors. Hundreds of people came forward who had sickness. And I remember seeing visible tumors just go whoop and gone in the presence of God. I remember being 
uh, a few years back, I remember being in England, Dudley, England, and we were in these meetings, and there was like five, five six hundred people, and I, rem- I remember the presence of God coming and many people getting healed, but I remember, you know, God was stretching me with these verses because, you know, we had seen people with blindness or different different issues. You know, sometimes we categorize issues. Sometimes we're like, you know, cancer's up here and a sprained pinky toe is down here, right? Like we... We kind of, sometimes God, you know, we have faith for certain things. And I remember God's presence showing up and just stretching. And I remember there was this young man in the meeting. And as we were, we were just sitting in God's presence, just calling out God, healing for different issues. And people were coming up and testifying of God touching them in the meeting, healing them. And I remember this 17, 18-year-old boy coming up with his dad and his dad coming up and saying, God is healing my son. His, this boy had had a brain issue ever since birth. Part of his brain, there was a learning issue in his brain where he couldn't actually write his name. He talked okay. He related okay. But he had some type of developmental issue where he couldn't write his name. He couldn't write. There was some learning disabilities. And in the meeting, as we're sitting there, Jesus, God shows up, the healer, And all of a sudden, he starts to write his name on paper legibly for the first time in his life. You couldn't imagine his dad just was just, God wrecked him. I don't know how else to say it. To see his son after that long. So healing and miracles are evidence of God in our midst, God in our life. Turn with me. Let's, one more verse. Evidence. I want to show you some more evidence of the kingdom of God I have. Matthew 11, verse 3. Matthew 11, verse 3. What do we got? Yeah, so let's start in verse 1. And when John had heard in, so this is, this is Matthew, so, John, so when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to Jesus, are you the coming one or do we look for another? So John the Baptist is in prison and he sends, he sends two of his people. Pastor JB sends two of his assistants and says, go see if he's the chosen one. Go see if he's the Messiah we're looking for. Look at Jesus' response. Keep going. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Look at Jesus' response to John's question. Are you the Messiah? Are you the chosen one? And Jesus responds and says, Go tell John, here's evidence that I am of the Father. The lame walk, the blind see, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised, and oh yeah, I preach the gospel. Jesus' answer was, you will know that the kingdom of God is present when his power and his character as healer is revealed and manifested. That was evidence of God's kingdom in our midst. That's evidence of God's presence. So how come this is important? What's the practical difference 
that knowing God the Father is healer, experiencing the, his healing power, his healing nature. How does this make a difference of our lives? Well, one of the ways that it makes a difference is when we are open to knowing him as healer, when we know him in this way, when we've made it up in our mind that he is healer, that he can redeem, that he can restore, that he can do miracles, it actually opens up to us experience him, experiencing his power in our daily lives. It opens it up to experience him in our daily lives as healer. Healing actually anchors our affection in him. When we experience the healing power of God, it anchors our affection in him, our thoughts, our affections. Why is that important? Because what we have affection for is what we focus on and behold. Let me say that again. What we have affection for is what we behold and what we focus on or what we idolize. The, the, the Bible uses idolize. And then that's what we become like. See, what we have affection for, we behold, we idolize, we become, we focus on, and then we become like that, and we prioritize that in our lives. And so God desires that we actually value what he values. See, this was one of the practical differences that experiencing the healing power of God made in my life is when I experienced him healing in me and touching me. You know, there's times in my Christian walk in my faith where I hear arguments against faith. It's like, lo like logically I can almost take myself to the point of unbelief. But I can never cross that line. Why? Because I know that I know that I know that he is real because that healing experience has anchored my affection and my will and who he is. See, people can argue and argue and argue, but they can't out-argue me of my healing experience of God. I know that I know that I know. See, many people, when we would be traveling and seeing people here, many people would ask the question, well, how do you actually see God heal through you? How do you actually got to get to that place? And one of the answers would be, well, I've like come to the place where I know that I know that I know that God heals. And I focus on it. See, when I was traveling in ministry, even in my personal life now, one of the things that I do is I talk about the testimonies of God. I talk about healing. I say, you remember when he healed that person of the broken arm? Remember when we were in Florida and the guy walked into a meeting with a cast and God healed him and he cut his cast off and his hand was completely healed? Or remember when that person had heart disease and they got healed? Or one of my favorites is when we were in Florida and this woman showed up to the meetings from California and she was in kidney failure, complete kidney failure. Her doctor in California, basically when your kidneys get this low, you, you die. You're done. And she came to the meetings, and no one laid hands on her. The presence of God came. She got healed. She didn't know she was healed until she got back to California, went to the doctors. They did the test on the kidneys, and the doctor was like, this is unbelievable. They're like, this can't happen. Your kidney levels are higher. There's no way in the natural this doesn't happen. 
guess what? The doctor at this California University Hospital got saved on the spot and wrote on, on the hospital letterhead. This is how we know. We got a letter from the woman saying, I got healed in the meetings. I went back. The doctor verified it with tests. The doctor got saved because I told him it was Jesus. And then the doctor wrote on the letterhead, this happened. Yeah. And so we get this letter from this medical hospital in California from the doctor who's the head of this department saying, this person said they went to the meeting and got healed and they didn't do anything else. They're supposed to die. And this only could be a miracle. This only could be God. See, that's what the miracles of Jesus, that's what they're about. They're out. See, that's God's heart. It anchors us, healing and experiencing God that way, anchors us in his heart, in his kingdom, because the kingdom comes first to rule over our hearts, heal our hearts, and then rule outwardly. See, when God came in and healed my heart, healed my issues inside, it didn't take very long for my outward, what was going on outwardly in my life to change, and that is God's desire. So number one, knowing him like that, we... It impacts our daily life as a believer. See, all of a sudden, when we know him this way, it impacts our ability to de- declare and demonstrate who he is. Because our, de- our ability to declare and demonstrate who he is in a given situation is seriously impaired if we aren't confident in who he is. See, but when we're confident in who he is as a healer, see, when we're sitting with our aunt or our grandma and they go, oh, I'm suffering with this or I'm feeling this. See, when we know who he is and we're confident and we've experienced him in that way, then we will boldly and confidently declare who he is and invite him into those impossible situations in our lives and in our families and in our communities and in our city. See, that's what Thrive Church is called to, is to confidently and boldly declare who he is and who he is and who he is. And you say, well, Mark, what if he doesn't show up in healing when I pray for the first person? Keep praying. Keep declaring. Keep stating it. God, you're a God who heals. I know you can invade the impossible until it starts to manifest in our life and our church. And that's what he does, is it impacts our daily life. It invades our situation. Number two, real quick, I'm going to end on this point. Healing actually opens up our eyes and our ears and our hearts to hear the gospel. Acts chapter 3 is a beautiful example. It's a long verse, but I, I just want to show you this. Healing opens up our hearts and our ears to take in the gospel, to take in God's words, to take in God's promises. Acts chapter 3 They're going to put it up on the screen. I'm going to just read it real quick. Really powerful. So this is Peter and John. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read right through verse 12. It's long, but stick with me. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from the mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask for alms from those who entered the temple. So here's a person who's lame in their body, lame in their legs, laying at the temple, and this person gets brought there every day and is lied there, and this person asks for money, alms or money, alms finances, okay? And fixing his eyes, so he, uh, 
who, so he's laid at the temple to ask for alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He was expecting money. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So leaping up, he stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate. Everybody knew it was this guy. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's porch. And they were greatly amazed. Verse 12, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power of godliness, we have made this man walk? See, Peter, this man gets healed. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but I have what I give you. I have what Jesus and the Father have given to me. And they heal the man. And look at what happens. All of a sudden, people come running and go, what was that about? This person got healed. What is going on here? And now all of a sudden, Peter and John have a crowd to declare the goodness and saving power of God. And people receive Jesus in that moment. I remember being in Oregon in this small town in Oregon, about four or 5,000 people, and I had taken a ministry team. I would taken some interns with me down there to preach at this church, and we just went out. We did ministry. We went out to the skate park, and there's like 20, 25 kids skateboarding, skateboarding, and I, uh, we just went out to love on them. I didn't know if God was going to heal. I didn't know. We just, okay, God, we'll just go love on them, and I had this one intern who uh, is kind of bold. He... Um, He's just not afraid of saying anything about God at any time, which is, which is awesome, but also kind of uncomfortable sometimes. So, <laughs> so we're standing there at the skateboard park with all these kids, and the pastors are kind of, they know these kids, like, these kids aren't saved. These are, you know, they go to the high school here. And, and so this intern, so me and him, I said, well, let's just believe God for healing. Let's believe God to touch them. And he just steps out and says, we want to pray. If anybody has any sickness here, if you've got any sickness in your body or any pain, come tell us. And so this one kid comes over on his rollerblades, and he's like, yeah, my knee and my ankle have been really hurt. He couldn't have been older than 14 or 15. And so we just, there's unbelievers, there's people everywhere. We just, we just got down on knees, and I thought, okay, God, if you don't heal, what do we do here? Like, <laughs> what's next? And God showed up, and all of a sudden, the kid starts feeling heat and burning in his knee. And he, you should have seen the look at, all his friends are standing around. They've, they've circled us. We have the circle around us at this point. And all of a sudden, his eyes pop, and he goes, oh, my goodness, I feel something. And so we go, go test it out. Go rollerblade. And he rollerblades. He comes back. He's like, I don't feel any pain. And you know what happened? Because of that healing, that night, I was preaching open air in the city, uh, in the middle of the town. We had a meeting. All of a sudden, front row, there he is with his mom and his sibling and his family, and all of them got saved that night because of the healing power of Jesus. Why don't you stand to your feet?
you know, there's so much we could talk about, about healing. There's so many aspects of it that you can go into. And obviously we don't have, we have a short period of time. And so we just covered some foundational piece. But that foundational piece is so significant. And I, you know, we talked about God's heart. And I, I want to just speak over this church that, you know, that heart, that's what God desires. That's what God desires for Thrive Church, that you be a church that's known, that people on the outside, people in Richmond, people in Vancouver, know something's happening at that church. Hey, someone actually told me they got healed at that church. Someone told me they actually got touched. And how they were and who they were, God healed them or touched them. I don't know what that's about, but something's going on there. And that's, I want to declare over you, that's what Thrive Church is. That's who Thrive Church is declared to be. That's how God the Father is in this place. And so I want you to raise your hands to heaven. I want to just close in prayer. And I, I want to pray over every situation. Listen, I know that there's people with situations, there's details, there's sickness, and I want to pray over every situation. I know people here represent things going on in life where we need God to come in this way. Me and my wife are contending. Me and my wife are contending for healing in our life, in our family. And so I want to stand with you this morning. I want to invite God to come into this place. All we're going to do is just declare His goodness. God, we declare your goodness. God, we declare that we believe that you can heal, that you can make whole every situation in this place. And so, God, I just pray for your presence to come. I pray for you to put that word that you are a father. You are the father that heals. You are the father that restores. That you are the father that gives us as sons and daughters that birthright to believe for you to show up in impossible ways. And God, I just declare that over every situation this morning, every sickness, every disease. God, I see you healing depression. I see someone with depression. I see, I see medication. You're taking medication. God, I speak into that situation. God, that you heal depression. God, that you heal weakness in the bones. I see pain in the back. God, I just pray healing. Just start speaking to God right now. Start asking him to come into those situations, God, that you would just invade our lives, your healing power, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to come in. God, we're declaring it now, healing in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and touch our bodies, touch our families. I see God touching. I actually see someone here contending for a family member. It's an older woman who's struggling with her eyesight. I see eye problems. God, I pray healing over that woman that you would go home and pray with her and declare that God wants to heal her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Take one more moment. I want you to grab the hand of the person beside you. And I want you just to pray for them and pray for, pray for them, pray for their situations that they would begin to know God in a greater way as our Father, the healer. That God would begin to invade their life in that way, that His healing power, that you, they would know that they know that they know that God is greater than any sickness, disease, infirmity. God, we pray that we would anchor ourselves, our hearts, our minds 
in that truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming in that way. Amen.